0: The Gospel of John is one of the most beloved books in the whole Bible. My guess is that it is the favorite gospel of many of you. And perhaps the favorite book of the whole Bible for many of you. Let's find out. Let's take a quick poll. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to tell me which is your favorite of the four gospels that tell the story of the life ministry death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, I know that's a little bit like asking uh, the quicks, which is your favorite daughter, right? Don't answer that question, right? But I'm not asking which one's the best one, right? I'm just asking which one is the most beloved of the Gospels for you right now? So, how many for Matthew? Raise your hand up tall. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. I think Matthew's my all-time favorite, but it might be just because it was the last one I preached, the theological biography of Jesus to help us to follow him as his disciples. Okay, how many for Mark? Raise your hand up tall so we can see. Yes, you guys like the action-packed Mark, that short and his favorite word is immediately. Mark's like, he just jumps around. We studied the introduction to Jesus in 2005 and 2006. All right, how many for Dr. Luke? Raise them up high. Ooh, a bunch of you love Dr. Luke. Certain of Jesus. That historian who helps us to become certain of who he is and what he's done. We studied that in 2009 through 2011. right, and how many for Gospel of John? Yeah, okay, maybe about the same as Luke in this room. Okay, very good. How many for, I don't know which one. Okay, there's a bunch of you too. I'm glad you're here. It might be John by the end of this series. Now, how many of you, the Gospel of John is your favorite book in the whole Bible? None. Oh, wow. Did anybody? Anybody? Okay, well, I'm surprised. That's that's great. John is beloved, though, and rightly so. It is deep and sweet and simple and profound all at once. I have preached... All the way, I said on social media, anybody want to guess which one it was? And Curtis asked me if it was a repeat, you know, if if we're doing a rerun uh, for this series. I have preached through the Gospel of John once before, but it was a quarter of a century ago. I was finished with it before Robin was even born. I started preaching through John just a few months after coming here to be your new pastor in 1998. Who was here for the Gospel of John the first time around? Yes. You know what that means? You're old, okay? There's there's no getting around it, right? I did not even know how to preach back then. So as I'm now your refurbished pastor, starting up again, I thought it would be good to start over again in the Gospel of John. Back to basics. Back to the deepest truths in the whole world. Back to Jesus. The whole point of our church. You've already received some great teaching from John, the son of Zebedee, whom I think is the author of this gospel already this year from the other elders. Remember a few weeks ago when Joel preached through 1 John, the letter of 1 John? A lot of the same key words popped up there simple words, but fathomlessly deep. Words like life, know, believe, son, spirit, father, light sent, eternal. Are those simple words? They are, and yet they are so deep. And Cody, just a couple of weeks ago, was also in the Gospel of John. I've listened to Joel's, but I haven't got up to Cody's yet, so I'm so thankful that we record them so we can listen to them afterward. And here's why we're going to study the Gospel of John together. Not just because it's beloved, but because of why it's beloved. And because of why it was written in the first place. And to know that, we need to start at the end. Next week, we'll jump into chapter one, Lord willing, where John started writing. But today, I want us to look at the two verses near the end of the book where John tells us why he wrote it in the first place. Do you have chapter 20 open in front of you? Spoiler alert, if you've never read it before, chapter 20 is the climax of the whole book. The hero, Jesus, comes back from the dead and he appears to his disciples to Mary Magdalene, to the disciples behind locked doors, and to doubting, we call him doubting Thomas, to whom he said, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Can you imagine What a moment that must have been. And right there, at that moment, if this was a movie, all the action would pause or it would fade to black. And John, the beloved disciple, would step forward and talk right into the camera, what we call breaking the fourth wall, where he talks right to the audience. Because in verses 30 and 31, John talks directly to his readers, to you and me, and he says this, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Do you know who the you is there in that verse? It's you. And it's me. John says that he was selective in what he chose to include in this gospel. There were lots of other stories that he could have told. In the next chapter, he guesses that there probably wouldn't be enough room in the whole world for the books that could be written about Jesus. So he had to choose. And he chose many different things than did Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those three are remarkably similar compared to John. They all fit together, of course, to give us exactly what we need as a composite picture of Jesus. But John chooses many different stories and many different teachings for his book. John says that Jesus did many other miraculous signs that are not written down here. And John knows. He he was an eyewitness. John does include a lot of miracles, at least seven major ones. And he loves to call them signs. You see that? S-I-G-N-S, signs. We're going to see that word again and again and again as we study this book. Signs are a great word for them because they aren't just miracles, they point to something. right? They point to who Jesus is. The signs are signposts to point us to Jesus. And there's no greater sign than Jesus rising from the dead. We're going to see how Jesus carefully chose these particular signs and these particular things about Jesus, 21 chapters worth, to share with us where he says two main purposes. And they are the same two reasons why we should read this book in 2023. Number one, to feed our faith. To feed our faith. Look at verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John wrote this book to help people believe. Joel Michaels made this very point back in the spring. The Gospel of John is an evangelistic book in nature. It's here for unbelievers to read and to find out who Jesus really is and to put their trust in Him. Notice that there are specific things here to believe. It's not just a, a yard sign somewhere that says believe and doesn't tell you what to believe, right? It isn't just a generic have faith. Are you a person of faith? Right? This is not like faith night at the ball game, right? There are specific things that we need to have faith in. Specifically, John wants people to put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ the Son of God. That's the whole point of why John wrote what John wrote. He's trying to make a case. He's trying to persuade those who are not yet followers of Jesus to become followers of Jesus. He's trying to awaken faith in those who have not yet placed their faith in Jesus Christ. That's why the Gospel of John is a great book to share with others. It's a great book to hand to someone to read or to offer to read with someone. Here's a challenge for you. How about you identify somebody in your life who is not yet a follower of Jesus and invite them to read the Gospel of John with you in the next few months? What's the worst that could happen? They could say no. I'm hoping that this sermon series would be a good one for all of us to invite our friends and family to come listen to. Come listen to what John says about who Jesus is and believe but the gospel of john is not just for unbelievers is it it's also for you and me who are already believers as well to feed our faith interestingly there is a reading of verse 31 that could be translated that you may continue to believe the new living translation adopts that as its reading we don't stop reading the gospel of john once we're convinced okay i'm a christian i'm done with that We keep coming back to it again and again and again to remind ourselves of who Jesus is. Jesus is the Christ. That's the Greek rendering of the Hebrew word Messiah. The one promised in the Old Testament. Remember all those things that we learned about the Messiah to come as we read through the book of Jeremiah? Like in chapter 23 when it said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, A king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. In his own way, John aims to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those great and precious promises. And we need to hear that again and again and again. Some of this will be really familiar. Just a reminder to many of you. For some of you, it may be fresh and new, but all of us need to hear it. Jesus is the Christ, and Jesus is the Son of God. As we study the Gospel of John, we're going to learn about the deepest truth in the universe, that God is triune, that God has a Son who is also God. The Son of God, who is God the Son. We're going to see that mind-blowing relationship in the very first few verses of the first chapter next week. There's only one God, and yet that one God, we've sung about it this morning, we sing better than we understand, right? There's one God, and yet that one God is both God the Father and God the Son for all eternity. And by the time we're done with the book of John, we're going to find out that God is not just two in one, but three in one. We'll learn about the alongside one, the paraclete, the comforter to come. We just sang about him God the Spirit. Simple words Father, Son, Spirit, God. But how deep are their meanings? How profound. Simple, but not simplistic in the slightest. The deepest truth in the whole universe. The church father, Augustine, said that the Gospel of John is, it's like a pool that a little child can wade in. Anybody can get that word, Father, Son, Spirit, right? But it's also deep enough that an elephant can drown in it, right? It is that kind of water that we're going to be swimming in over the next few months. And John says he wrote down all of this stuff so that we might believe it. John uses the Greek word translated here, believe, nearly a hundred times in his gospel. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? And only Jesus is. We are so tempted to put our faith in other people and other things instead of in Jesus Alone, We treat them like they're the Messiah. Don't put your faith in anybody else. Don't put it in me. Don't put it in some politician or some guru or some celebrity. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Savior. And Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that? Hmm. That's dangerous to believe. In some parts of the world, That'll get you killed. In some places, like social media, it'll get you canceled. Or at least ridiculed. I don't know about you, but I need to come back to this again and again so that my faith grows stronger and stronger. And not just faith, but faith in Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Because here's the result. The second reason why John wrote this gospel is that when you and I do the first thing, believe, it leads to the second thing, which is, this is so awesome. Look what he says at the end of verse 31. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name to give us life. doesn't get any better than that, brothers and sisters. By believing, you may have life in his name. Belief leads to life. Belief leads to life. We're going to see that again and again. We're going to make this the name of the series. Life in Jesus' name. Belief leads to life. What kind of life? What does John mean? Well, John is going to teach us over the course of this book that it is what he calls eternal life. Life that starts now and goes on for all eternity. And it's not just biological life. Our cells reproducing, breath, blood, and all that. Though it is physical, and it is going to be physical in the resurrection. But it's spiritual life. And it's forever life. Imagine that. Forever life. Forever life. And he's not just talking about the afterlife here. Right? This is not life that begins then. It's life that begins now. That by believing, you may have life in his name. He's talking about a life that starts now, right now, when we believe. Jesus calls it abundant life. Or life to the fullest. Life to the max. When we believe in Jesus, there's a new quality of life that is birthed in us that changes everything for us now and forever. Now, it doesn't mean that we're happy all the time and that everything always works out for us, far from it. Jesus has this kind of life and look what happened to him. But it does mean that we have been invited to share in the very life of God. And we are ultimately like happy, contented sheep, like the one I put up on the screen last week, well-fed and all cared for, and safe. Safe from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Jesus is going to say in John chapter 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have what? Life. And have it to the full. That's why I want us to study the Gospel of John right now so that we experience that kind of life in 2023 and rest in it and revel in it and rejoice in it and live out of that life. I'm hoping that each and every week, I'm hoping that the message is life-giving. I want you to come to church and say, I'm going to hear about Jesus this week, and I'm going to get some life. Now, you have the life, okay? You won't get it from me. But we're going to look at the Word And we're going to believe who Jesus is and we're going to experience life as we go deeper into the gospel of Jesus Christ in the gospel of John. Verse 31, that by believing you may have life in his name. So you see, it's very important that we believe. There are high stakes here. This life only comes through believing in Jesus, in his name. Like Joel preached in 1 John 5 earlier this summer. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. There's that word again. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's how important it is. Then He goes on to say, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Or, how he says it here in this book, in chapter 3, verse 16, the most famous verse in all of the Bible God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe in him? If you have not yet put your faith in Jesus, then I urge you to do so today. And I'll urge you again next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, if those weeks come. Because we don't know if we have next week, or the week after that, or the week after that. What we do know is that if we believe, then we will have life, and have life in His name. We're going to learn a lot more about His name. In the Bible, your name is more than just what they call you, right? It's, it, it, it's Darren, right? I called you Dustin, right? But it's Darren. His name's Darren. Get it right, Pastor Matt. It's more than just what we call you. In the Bible, your name is who you are, it's your identity, it's your person, it's your character, it's your authority. And we're going to learn a lot in the Gospel of John about who Jesus is, the name of Jesus. It's the Gospel of John, for example, it has the seven I am statements in it. Do you know what I mean? Jesus says, I am, let's fill in the blank, I am the bread of life, that's one. I am "I am the, the good shepherd, yep, another one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am Light of the world. Got three more to go. I am. The door to the sheep. Yep. Two more to go. I am. Nope. Good one. That's good, but he doesn't say it there. I think we said bread of life, didn't we? Did we say the true vine? I'm the true vine. And one more. I am the resurrection and the life. That's all of what John means by in His name. That and more. The Christ. The Son of God. That's His name. And if Jesus is all of that, then we get all of that when we trust in Him. Do you believe? John wrote this to you. To you. He says you. The you there is you. If you don't yet believe, then I encourage you to open up the Gospel of John and read it. Most of you could easily read this book this week. Start today. Read three chapters this afternoon. Read three chapters the next day. And before we open it up next Sunday, you'll have made it all the way through. You'll have the whole Gospel dancing around in your mind. Do you believe? If we do believe, then we have life in His name. Live that life. Live into that life. Live your life for Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.